0: Alright, Chubble, say good morning. We'll get a little bit of a two minute head start on the, on the DAP. This morning, a lot to do today. Want to begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Torah sponsors for the month of Adar, to thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all of the shiurim and joshos this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Dina Bas Pesach and Zechariah Ben Zechariah, whose yard sites are in the month of Adar. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Karen and Akiva Andrews, for dedicating the Week of Learning for the yard site of Karen's mother, Marsha Bas Dovid, to thank our Day of Learning sponsors, Ellie and Joel Roshkowski, in commemoration of the art site of Joel's grandmother, Sarah Bas Shlomo. We hope that in the merit of our talent Torah, the Nishamos will have an Aliyah, and the families in the And also with that, let us begin. Baruch Hashem, a very exciting daf ahead of us today, both in halacha and Tashkofa. So today's daf is Peiches 88. We are picking up Amirat Hashem on Pei 's with days 87B. Really a lot to do today. And we are picking up we are picking up. Um, we are picking up. Four lines up for short. Right, four lines up from before it gets wide. Right, I'm um, Amra Yochanan. I'm um, Yochanan. Thank you. So we'll say so in the intermediate wide lines, four lines up before the widest wide lines. I'm um, Rabbi Yochanan. I'm Yochanan. Why was Yeravam Ben Yoash? who was a Rasha. Why was he, why was he counted amongst the kings of Yehuda, Mipne Shalokiba al Amos because he did not go ahead and accept Lahanara about the Navi Amos. From where do we see that he was counted amongst the kings of Yudah? So you see that Yeravam is counted amongst the kings of Yehuda. How do we know that Am excuse me, that, that Yervam was not Mekabal Hara? Amatya sent a message to Yeravim, the king of Israel, saying, saying the following. <laughs> because ultimately Amatya sent a message that Amos prophesied that Yeravim was going to die. <laughs> did Amos actually say this? And if Amos did say it, Ma'a so what could I do? Shechino Amralo, because after all, again, this message must have come from the Shechino. Good, so say see, see over here, something really incredible, which is that even though, even though Yeravam unfortunately, wasn't the, the best person, but Lamais again, because he refused to be Macabre Lashon Hara, because he refused to accept Lashon Hara about someone else, so ultimately, again, that was a schus for him, a very powerful idea about the power of Lashon Hara as well. Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar says even when the Kaddish Baruch Hu is angry, his compassion never wanes. In Rabbi compassion is, Midas harachamim, is present even in the midst of his anger. Amar, Kilo so, Osif So also the idea being that you see that even when HaKadosh Baruch Hu mentions anger, there's still a mention of compassion in the Pasuk as well. So from here the Gemara says you see that even when the Ribano Shel is angry, his Midas HaRachamim is still in existence. Just just the display of how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves. It was no different than a parent. You know, even when a parent gets angry with the child, so parental love never fully dissipates. The parental love is always there. It might be, maybe it's not totally detectable in a moment of anger, but, but it's, it's there. HaKadosh even when he gets angry at us, at the end of the day, that love is always present. But remember, incredible. This is an incredible Gemara. incredible. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu exile us? Why did He exile us? Eller Alehem Geirim. say, only in order that we could pick up converts. So i will say, listen to this wild Gemara. So the Gemara says, essentially, if we were never exiled, we would remain in Eretz Yisrael. If we would remain in Eretz Yisrael, so the impact and influence of An upon the Umosah, upon the nations of the world, would be limited. So what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? We exiled us, therefore by exiling us, our influence is felt all over the world and as a result we pick up garim, we pick up converts. And I now the Gimara says, Shinemar vizaratiya Liba libaaritz Klum adam zoraya sa' sorry, vizarati So hushbrah says I will plant you in the earth. Klum adam zora sa'a kamakurin. So a person when a person plants, when a person plants, a person plants seeds, we'll say a person plants seeds for the for what purpose? For the purpose of harvesting a crop. So too when HaKadosh Baruch Hu went ahead and planted seeds, right here where he planted Claudisra. Yisrael. Planting Claudisra Yisrael is a nice way of saying he exiled us all over the place so he planted us. And the goal of planting us ultimately again was to reap a harvest through the Geirim, through the converts who ultimately would join Kelal Yisrael. The Gemara says, So I want to point out, this is really a fascinating Gemara because in general, not in general, we are not a proselytizing religion, right? Remember again, we're we're actually, the GER shows up to pretend that the person, the Gentile shows up, wants to convert. The first thing we tell them when they enter into the Bezdin is, What's the matter with you, right? Get out of here. You could be a righteous Gentile. The Jews have not cornered the market on God. You could be a righteous Gentile, and all you need is seven mitzvahs. So you can have a licht You can have a beautiful life, beautiful afterlife. You don't need to do this. We're not a proselytizing religion. So let say, so what does this mean when the Gimaret Baruch only exiled us in order to go ahead and bring Gerem? So Lady Yitzhak barad has a beautiful insight into this very quickly. And the Rebbe says like this, he says, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, there are nitzotzos, there are sparks of holiness everywhere. Everywhere. But what ends up happening over time is those sparks become obscured, become covered over by what's called klipos, shells. And the job of the Jew is to remove the klipos, to remove the shells or the coverings, and to expose the nitzotzos haKidusha, to expose the sparks of holiness. So wherever a Jew goes somewhere... And does a davar Shebek Dusha, does something holy? By definition, what he does is he's Megalov He exposes the sparks in that place. Well, so that's like, you ever have a situation like this where you're traveling somewhere? Well, let's say again, there's, there's no Jewish infrastructure. And you dive in. You dive in there. And sometimes you have like the most meaningful and beautiful davening. And it's a little bit counterintuitive because you say to yourself, how come I don't daven like this when I'm home in shul? right? How, how, how come when, when I have all the trappings of Jewish infrastructure, I don't daven like in the middle of nowhere, maybe I'm in nature. I have such a beautiful and uplifting davening. So on a deeper ruchni level, that's because very often it's possible that maybe you're the first person to daven in this place. And maybe it's never happened that a Jew has set foot in this place. So if you're davening a shachar, saying a bracha in a place that never had spiritual activity occur in it, what you are feeling is the gili hanitzotzos. What you've done is you've revealed the hidden sparks that are in that place. And that's what your the is feeling, that's that feeling of elation. So when the Gemara says, that Ha'losh Baruch Hu exiled us only to find Gerim. Remember, it doesn't mean we're spread all over the place to proselytize people. That's, that's not our way, that's, that's, that's not our belief. The, what's the idea of the Ger? The idea of the Ger is the Ger. Ultimately, like every Ger, every person who converts, is in a shema who was pledged at Har There's a nitzutz. There's a, there's a spark that's there, and the spark is often covered. So we are spread throughout the galus in order, ultimately again, to be megala the to uncover the sparks and to elevate them. This is where I believe Yitzhak Rabbishev says, "When does Mashiach come? When does Mashiach come? Mashiach comes when we're megala the Very interesting. He says we have a job. We have a job in Gullus. Our job, mostly, it's not just a shot that we're here and we're waiting. You know, in Judaism, we have to really get back to that. But, but, <laughs> but you know, also in, in, in Yiddishkeit, I just want to point out, we, we don't believe in passivity. So it's not like we're just sitting here waiting for Mashiach. There is a, there's a job to be done. And the job is to be megala the Nitsotzos. There are pockets of kidusha in every single place where we are exiled. And when do we go home? When does Mashiach come? Mashiach comes when we have been Meghala the Nitsotzos. When the job is done, that's when G'ula comes. It's incredibly important because often what the Gemara is saying is we look at diaspora as like a punishment. And therefore we're passive. We've been punished, we've been exiled, and now we have to wait to be brought home. We don't wait for, first of all, we don't have to wait to be brought home. We can go home now if we want to. That's Aleph. And Baze and Bayes is we're not sitting around waiting. There's work to be done as we wait for the gula. So the goes on. Al Tal so what does it mean when it says, Do not go ahead and slander a servant to his master, lest he curse you and you will be culpable." So the Pesach says a generation who, who will curse his father and his mother he will not bless. What does that mean? What does it mean? Because he curses his father doesn't, and doesn't bless his mother, you shouldn't slander him. What does this mean? Al al Eladonov. listen to this. What it means is this is so incredibly important. when you see a generation, when you see a generation of Jews who are cursing their father and not blessing their mother, Jews behaving inappropriately, Al Eladonov don 't speak negatively about Klal Israel. say don 't speak negatively about the Jewish people. Where do we know this from? <laughs> Mostly we saw this in yesterday's <laughs> daf. Right? Hoshea, Hoshea spoke negatively. And remember, even though Hoshea didn't speak so negatively. Hoshea was kind of just going along with the flow with the Chalish Baruch. Because Baruch said, I'm really unhappy with these people. Right? I'd like, I don't know what I should do. And, and Hoshea just says, okay, just swap them out. So you see, Hoshea was taken to task for speaking negative. We'll say how careful we have to be about how we speak about our own nation. And this is not always easy because sometimes we see, segments or sects or parts of Kral Yisrael doing really inappropriate things. And there's a way, of course, sometimes you have to be a voice, and you have to, if you see something wrong happening, you have to go ahead and speak up. But at the end of the day, there's a way to talk about your nation. There's a way to talk about An Yisrael, and one must be careful. Amor Yisrael, Shalom went ahead and did. So let's we'll say, see here, li- literally, it's... The Gemara is quoting over here, the Pasek from the Pasek from Shoftim. Mm-hmm. Tzidkos Hashem, sorry, Tzidkos Pizrono B'Yisrael. So we'll say the Gemara is darshing over here that Tzedakah Asa Kaddish Baruch Hu Yisrael Pazrona Bena Umos. The Rav Shalom did us Tzedakah. He he went ahead and he did us a tolva. He did a good thing. He was charitable to us. That he, ex- or that he scattered us amongst the nations. So let's listen to this. So, say, what does it mean? Meaning, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu exiled us, he could have exiled all of An Yisrael, you know, to Lakewood, right? It could have been, right, all, right? I don't know, for some, maybe that's not even a Gallus, right? So, i say so, I meaning he, he could have gone ahead and sent all of Klaal Yisrael to one place. But he doesn't do that. Instead, what he did is he scattered us. The Gemara says that was at Staka. That was a charitable act. Why? Listen to this. Well this is incredible. There was a particular uh apicoris, a who said to Rabbi Hanina, Anon Anon minaycho, we are better than you. Now this this min was counting himself as a guy. So he said, We, we guy and we're better than you. because by you it says, Kishesh ki chad ki Yashav Sham. So also have here the Giran's the the Pasukans in Melochim speaks about again Yoav, right, one of the generals of David HaMelech. so pretty much destroyed a lot of Edom, every man in Edom, in six months. So when cloudy Yisrael occupies another nation, we destroy them. However, And this min says, Rabbi Harino, you see you, you people, you Jews, you're amongst us, you've been amongst us for many years and we haven't destroyed you. So we're better than you. You go ahead and have Gentile nations live amongst you. You destroy them. But yet, you Jews, you live amongst us. We haven't destroyed you. We're better than you. So also listen to this. So, Rabbi, so, so Aboshia says to him, I'm sorry um, Rabbi Hanina says to me you know what let, let me send one of my Talmud and Reboshia to discuss to debate this point with you so Rabbi Oshia says to this min you think you're so great the only reason you haven't destroyed us the Jews who live amongst you is because you don't know what to do with us the Gemara says if you try to destroy us all well you can't because all of our Misra is not scattered we don't all live together we over live in one place if you destroy the Jews who live amongst you, they will call you ultimately a cut-off kingdom because you've destroyed a part of your population. So the, So essentially we'll say, so Roshia says to this min, don't, uh, don't toot your horn of personal piety. You're not pious because you haven't destroyed us. You just don't know how to properly destroy us. You can't kill all of us because we're scattered everywhere. You also can't go out and kill out the Jews amongst you because then that'll cause like a, like a bald spot in your kingdom. So, Amrleh, Gapa Ramay, said this Min, right? This Apikari said to Reboshia, Gapa Ramay, which literally means, again, by the wall of Rome. This is like a lushan of Shavua, we have this discussion amongst us every single day, right? What's the discussion? How do we deal with the Jewish problem? And this is exactly the conversation that we have. So we'll say it's so a pretty amazing and overwhelming Gemara. But amazingly enough, what you see from this Gemara is that the chesed of the Ribbono Shalolam is manifest in the fact that he has not, that he did not exile all of us, to one place that he scattered us. The scattering apparently, again, is part of the reason we are still here today because throughout ages of persecution, no one was ever able to fully eradicate Amnisro because we were never centrally located in one area. It's pretty, pretty incredible and pretty, pretty overwhelming. Good. Elohim Haven is darka. Vahu yoda es makoma. What does he mean? Khoshbarachu understood the way and he understood the place. Yoda akhadishbarachu es ysarash. Elohim y'cholon le kabba Ziar sachzarius. Edom. The Yoshom knew when he exiled us after the Khob and Vesam that we would be unable to live in the cruel, in the, under the cruel decrees of Edom. Right? So i we'll say Edom is Asav. So Khoshbarachu knew we would not be able to live under Edom. Levi chokh, higla osom le babel. Therefore akhadishbarachu exiled us to babel. We'll say, so you begin to see divine compassion, even in Galos. Furthermore, again, I will say, Babel is generally referred to as like the valley. Why? Because it's as deep as the grave. Why? Because the Babylonian dialect, the language... Is similar to to Hebrew Therefore again exile would not be as overwhelming because there was some level of cultural familiarity. Rabbi on the base Iman this is incredible. Why did Akhulish Baruch Hu exile us to to Babel? Because it was like being sent home. Because I remember again, where does Avram Avinu emerge from? Avram Avinu emerges from the Babylonian Empire, uh, the Babylonian area. What was, what became Bavel? Our ultimately is Avram amazing when he got angry at us, almost sent us back to our parents' home. This could be comparable to a man who gets angry at his wife. Where does he, where does he center? And I will say the answer usually is. Nowhere, right? Nowhere, right? But at least from the Givara's perspective, So where does he send her? back to her mother's home. So so to and gets angry with us. Where did he send us? He sent us back to our mother's home, which in this particular case was back to Bavel. There are three things that returned to their source. To their, thor- to their source. I'm sorry, I said it, I'm not Really, orkastim, Rashi points out for Av-Mavinu. Three things that return to their source. But I'll say, what are the three things? Elohein, Yisrael, Amisrael. We return to our source. Our source, Avmavinu, was from orkastim, Babel. So we were exiled back to Babel. Which I will say, if you think about it, by the way, is such an amazing thing. So it turns out, listen to what the Gemara is saying. It turns out that the way to look at Golos to a certain degree, and it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, is a return to the source, you know. Life is a series of concentric circles. So we often look at as bavel as a removal from the source, right? Right? Galus is a removal from the source, but in fact, the gemara is saying it's not true. Galus, to a certain degree, at least galus bavel was a return to the source. Obviously, again, then the goal was to get back, but yet, but yet, coming to adma here's the here's the irony, not irony, but the amazing. Avinu coming back to Eretz Kinan, that was uh, coming back to the source. Because remember, Adam Harishon comes from the earth of Harabayas, so man comes from Eretz Yisrael. So Abram Avinu comes back to Eretz Yisrael. The children go back to Bavel. It's just a series of these circles. We're constantly, we're constantly in some type of of, of circuit. The only shayla is, you know, the, the the diameter of the circle. You know, the only shayla is how far it takes to come back to the source. It's really incredible. So Am Yisrael, we go back to our source Mitzrayim. I'm sorry, Kesef Mitzrayim, Ksav Luchos. So, I'm sorry, Ksav Luchos. So we'll say the three things are I'm sorry, normally Amiso Yisrael back to the source. Kesef Mitzrayim, the wealth of Egypt, went, went back to its source. Ksav Luchos, the writing of the Luchos, went back to its source. What does this mean? da Amran So we'll say That's what we just said before, right? That Galus Bavel was returned to the source. Kesef Mitzrayim So we'll say, amazingly enough, during the days of Rechavam. Remember, Rechavam was the son of Shlomo HaMelech So during the days of Rechavam, Shishak, the king of Egypt, marched on. Erez Israel, and in order to prevent him from invading, they paid him off. So they gave him all the money in the treasury. So, what else I remember? So, pretty much all the money that Kval Yisrael took from Egypt, which became part of collective Jewish wealth, was given back to Egypt. Isn't that incredible? And next, the Haluchos. And the ksavluchos. Tana luchos Osios v'osios pochos. What is such a beautiful Gemara? When Moshe Abenu broke the luchos, what happens? The tablets themselves were smashed. But the letters, the letters ultimately again ascended back to the heavens. So the writing of the luchos, so So went back to its source. The money of Mitzrayim went back to its source. And the writing of the luchos went back to its source. a lot to say on this, but, but no time. So the Gemara says... Ula Omar, Ula says, Why did Baruch exile us to Babel? Listen to this. On top of or that we should eat dates and be osekin Torah. So listen to this. Dates are, are in abundance in Babel. Dates are also cheap, as we'll see, and they satiate. So Ula said the incredible thing about Babel is you don't really need that much money. To lead a pretty comfortable life, which means you don 't have to work so hard and you can have more time to learn Ula so Ula went once to Pompadisa. ditmari they brought him a basket of dates kihani bezuza. how many of these dates can you buy for azolasuza they sent him three for azo there was and whether they meant. Three dates for a Zuz, three baskets for a Zuz. Okay, it's a discussion. Not really material for our purpose. The point over here is, dates are cheap in Bavel. So Ullah said, how could it be? Literally, you could get a basket of honey, which is a reference to the dates, for one Zuz. In other words, you could sustain yourself for such a small amount of money. And how is it that the Babylonians don't learn Torah all day? So it was surprised. It takes so little to live, to exist in Bava, which is great for Torah because you have so much more time for learning. So we will say what happened. Tzaru, that night, Ula had terrible stomach issues as a result of the dates. So although they were cheap, they apparently again have a stomach effect. So what happens? So that, that night he said, a basket of death only costs a Zuz. And now again, I can't believe the Babylonians learn Torah. So we'll see what he said is these dates which are cheap are really very difficult and the Babylonians have to subsist on this and yet they're still able to learn. So he went, interestingly enough, I say such a musr that sometimes, you know, you, you think you have things figured out, but you really don't know what you're talking about, right? So Ullah thinks he's giving most of the Babylonians, Ah, oh, you can get so much food for such little money, how can you not learn to order the whole day? And then he realizes the food supply is not so posh, it, not so posh. It. So suddenly, again, he stands in awe of the Babylonians that they're able to learn, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they have to contend with these uh, gastrointestinal issues. He'll say pretty incredible musr about being careful to pass judgment before you really have the full picture of things. So we'll say, what's the meaning of this Pasek in Yeshaya? Which refers also, ultimately, again, to Messianic redemption, third base HaMikdash, where the pasuk says, and the nations, many nations will come and they will say, let us go up, let us ascend to the mountain of God, to the house of the God of Yaakov. Why is Ba'ishlishi, listen to how beautiful this is, why is Ba'ishlishi ultimately referred to as the house of Yaakov, and not the house of Avram and Yitzchak. Listen to how beautiful this is. El kavram Avram Avinu called Harabayis, right? The base Hamikdash, a mountain. Sheneh mar asher yamer hayom bhar hashem yiroe. Velo ki Yitzchak sada, and not like Yitzchak called the Harabais the base a field. Sheneh mar vayetsa Yitzchak lasuach basada. Yitzchak went out into the field. Elik Yaakov, Shekharabais. Yaakov called the base Hamikta Shahom Sheneh Mar, baikra Shem HaMokamahu, base El. Yaakov called the place the house of God. So it was like, there's a lot to say in this gemara. So you'll take a look at the Marashah. The Marashah discusses that it could very well be that Yaakov, that Amma reference to Harabais as a Har, or the base HaMikdash as a Har, and Yitzchak as a Sod, and Yaakov as a Ba'is, may actually refer to different qualities of the bias, we shown shini and shlishi. Rabbi says what the Gimar is highlighting is a very simple yisod. Ahar is awesome, is awesome, but ahar lav dafka is fit for habitation, right? Ahar may also might not be able to accommodate a lot of people. A is very nice; it could yield something beautiful, but maybe it doesn't yield anything. But a bias represents a sense of security. A bias is a domicile. A bayis is a place of nurturing, and Yaakov Avinu understood that the power of the base hamikdash was not that it stands above, and not that it yields some type of produce, but at the end of the day, that it provides a home in which Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Chlal Yisrael could come together. That was the power of Yaakov Avinu's allusion to Harat the base was a bayis, and that's why the, that's why the bayis is known as the base Yaakov. As the base kiyom The day when Mashiach comes in his Kibbutz galios, the ingathering of the exiles is as great as the day that Hashem created the world. So we'll say it's the shav of yom yom. It says yom by creation it says yom by Kibbutz galios. Just like he said, therefore, Kibbutz Galiyos, the ingathering of exiles by Mashiach, is as great as the day ultimately of the creation of the world. Both, say incredible and exceptional Gemara. I urge you, I strongly urge you, you know, fold down the page on these type of on these type of of Gemara. Go back and look at it because again, I don't do it justice at all. At I have to ask you mechila because this is like stumbling upon buried treasure opening the lid, taking a coin, and then moving on, because I don't have time, which is essentially what I just did for the last two days with all of you. So, so I've, I've, I've shown you the treasure. Now, you have to unearth it yourself, but there is, there is much, much to be discovered here. So we'll say back to the Mishnah. Yasum shashak to So we'll say, remember again, the Mishnah said that if you have a Yasum, you have an orphan, and let's say again, the orphan has multiple and has multiple multiple um, oh. guardians or custodians. So remember again, what's the halacha? So the halacha is that if they went ahead and they shech the carbon Pesach for him, so the Gemara says, He could eat from whatever carbon Pesach he wants. Okay, so the Gemara says, So we'll say once again, what this sounds like is that two apotropes and both shech on him and he could choose whichever apotropes he wants. Which sounds like, therefore, that there's brerah, attractive clarification. We'll say, now the Gemara says, no, not necessarily. Rabbi Zira says, no, 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 there's a different dinope here, I will say, which is, and now we're going to get into a very interesting sugyah of selabayis. We'll say, selabayis means that when you are the head of a household, you have the ability to shech the Quran Pesach on behalf of the members of the household, even without their explicit consent, because there, there's implicit consent. So therefore, an apotrope, therefore again a yasum, a child. As a child, ultimately again is really under the stewardship of these apotropes. They're, they each consider him part of their bias, and therefore ultimately again, they are permitted to shekht on his behalf. So the gemara says, let's analyze this. on maybe Ben midayiton, ben shalom so say "This is very important. Salabais means you shecht, you being the balabas, you shecht the common pesach on behalf of the members of your household." Sirobo so said, "This is very important. You don't need to go around to every single person." in your home and say, you're part of the Chabura, you're part of the Chabura, you're part of the Chabura. Saba means that it's understood that the members of your household are part of your Chabura. Now, who do the members of your household include? So the Gemara says it means your minor children. I don't mean minor children, like the ones you like less. I, I, I mean like, you know, you know, your children who are minors, right? Your children who are minors. And also again, your servants. Avado v'shechazo, your non-Jewish servants. So these are the members of your household. Whom you shecht on their behalf. Even, even without, you don't need, quote unquote, the articulation of consent. However, that's what it means. Whether they express their consent or don't express their consent. However, however, if you have adult children who maybe live in your house, or you have Jewish servants who live in your house, or you have a wife, these individuals only become part of your karmen pesach if they explicitly articulate consent. the distinction. So essentially, minors and non-Jewish servants are automatically part of your household. Are automatically included as part of your karmen pesach, even if they don't articulate a desire to do so. However, adult children. Jewish servants and your wife and your spouse ultimately, again, need to articulate explicit consent in order to be part of your chabura. So, Tanya Idech, read other Bryce that says, So, Bryce, it says, you can't shecht on behalf of your adult children, and not on behalf of your Jewish servants, Ishto, or your wife, unless, of course, you have their explicit consent. Ayeide b'no ubito haktanim, va ayeide shivchaso haknanim. Iver v'shivchas haknanim. Pay mi ben shalom mi But again, for your minor children or for your non-Jewish servants, you can go ahead and you can go ahead and shecht on their behalf even without their consent. The she rabban yotzin rabban yotzin atzmon. But any of these individuals who did their own Karben Pesach and their master, master could either be master for the servants, husband for the wife, father for the children, also went ahead and did a carbon Pesach on their behalf. Yotzin bishal rabban yotzin atzmon. with the masters, but not with their own. Chutz mina isha, with the exception ultimately again of a wife, she a because she could say, "I did my own karim zakar as part of a different chabura. I'm not part of yours." So the gemara said, isha." I understand why are you singling out a wife. So you both say beforehand we said that a wife, adult children, and Jewish servants all represented autonomous adults. And therefore, again, they're all one category. Here, why are you separating out a wife? So the Gemara says, Isha No, no, what it means is a wife and anyone like her. So also, that's the wife, the adult children, the Jewish servants. Ultimately, if they decide they don't want to participate in the Balabas, they have the right to do so. So the Gemara says, but you, it's a contradiction. Amrit, Mina Isha, Shit Yichol You said... That with the exception of a wife, because she could object. She could say, I don't want to be part of my husband's Karam Pesach. Time the now, the reason, apparently, why she would not be part of her husband's Karam Pesach is because she actively lodges a, a, an objection, which seems to infer that if she doesn't object... Then she is yosi with her husband. But then you said a husband could only include his wife if he has her explicit consent. So say, so see here the contradiction. So according to one part of the Brahsa, it seems to indicate that in order for a wife to be included in her husband's current Pesach, she must give her active consent. I want to be part of this kabura From the seifa of the breast, it indicates that what? That what? As long as what? As long as she doesn't object, she's part of her husband's chabur It's a very significant nafkamina. So which one is it? So the Gemara says, my, so the Gemara says, my, elamidaitan, my elamidaitan. So what does it mean when the Brysa says that she only becomes part or they only become part of the husband's, of the man's, karanpeysach midaitan, lavda amriin. Bistama. It's not that they said, yes, we want to. Rather, Bistama. So we'll say, what the Gemara is suggesting is something very important. That Halochah a wife, will, we assume that she is part of her husband's carbon Pesach, unless, of course, What? Unless, of course, she goes out and she says, I don't want it. Which you both say, is a logical assumption. This goes back to yesterday's, Dav. It's the same way that if her father shekhs on her behalf and her husband sheikhs on her behalf, again, assuming it's not the first yomtiv after a man where they're at the father's house, whose current Pesach do we assume she's part of? Her husband. Now, does she have the right to object? Yes, of course. But in the absence of a clearly articulated objection, we have no reason to assume that she's part of any other chaburah other than her husband's. So a wife does have the ability to object. When I say object, meaning, she says, I don't want to be part of your chabura, I'll be part of someone else's chabura. But if she doesn't do so, the default is that she's part of her husband's chabura. Lafuki this comes to the school of case where she says, No. If she says, No, I don't want to be part of your Chabura, then Ema she's not part of her husband's Chabura. I have a Hakulam, Shashok, Tuv, Shachat, Rabban, Alein, Rabban, Dibistama. But yet, if you look at the end of the rites that we just read, when it said, and Any of these individuals, if they did their own Kabur Pesach, but the, the Rabban, the Master, also did a Kabur Pesach, they so would say with the Masters, and it says, with the exception of a wife, because she has the ability to object, to which the Gemara says, once a wife her own karben pesach, there is no greater objection than this. So we'll say what comes out from this Gemara is something very interesting. So apparently, again, a wife, minor children, and non Jewish servants are automatically included in, well, let me say it differently. Anyone living in the household of the Balabas is automatically included in the Karben Beisach, automatically included, right? There are certain people who really don't have, who, who, who are included, perhaps, even if they object, right? So, for example, minor children, minor children. Avodim kinnane, non-Jewish servants, would be included in the Karben pesach of the balabas, even if technically they object. Anyone, any household members are part of the Balabas' carbon pesach. Right now, again, adult, independent, autonomous people have the ability to go ahead and latch themselves or connect themselves onto another chabura. So, for example, a wife adult children, Jewish servants, although if they don't say anything, are automatically included in the Chabura of the household, Haloch HaMaisa have the right to choose a different Chabura. So this is very important. So it tells us that in order to be part of a Chabura, if you are a member of a household, you don't have to articulate your desire to be part of the Chabura, you're automatically included. The default is, if you live in the house, you're included. But again, if you are a indepen- an independent adult, you have the ability to remove yourself from the household, Chabura, attach yourself to a different Chabura. So both sides. the nafkamini would be in this, by the way, that let's say, again, you have a good friend who you always have Pesach with. Someone who's not a member of your household, in order to be part of your Chabura, must actively articulate acceptance as part of your Chabura. In other words, that must be articul- explicitly articulated. This, this idea of stama, of people automatically being included, really only applies to members of the household. Incredible. So the Gemara goes weiter. Eved So I we'll say, so remember again. Then the Mishnah spoke about the case of an eved that belongs to two that belongs to two partners. So I we'll say, in that case, where each partner went ahead and checked the common pesach. So remember, the Mishnah said that the eved can't eat from either pesach. So the Gemara says, Rami rav Ina rav Nachman. So Rav Ina he 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 posed the question to Rav Nachman, we learned in the Mishnah that an event that belongs to two partners can't eat from either Karim Pesach, yet we have another b'chal that says that the Evet could eat from either one, so which one is it? So he said to him literally again, my elder, or blackened pot, now we'll say blackened pot was a compliment, Right? I mean, I don't know if you should use it, but LaMaisa, right? It's a compliment. we we'll say, why is it a compliment? So blackened pot, when does a pot become blackened if it's used a lot? So sometimes, when they would spend a lot of time in the base medrash, sometimes they would sometimes neglect their personal care. So they would become, so to speak, blackened. So that was a reference, ultimately, to someone who was so immersed in Torah that sometimes they forgot, they neglected even their personal care. So, Pasio Ochmo, Mino'o no Tis Taim time. So let's go ahead between me and you, we could work this out. The Gimari says, Everything depends on the relationship between the partners. The Mishnah is talking about a case where the partners don't get along. Therefore, neither partner is willing to yield his share in the Eved, and therefore I will say essentially have an Eved that can't fully be part of any one Chabura. However, the Brisa that says that the Eved could eat from either one—that's a case where the partners get along nicely and they're willing to yield their share, so to speak, when it comes to carbon Pesach. Good. So when I, when I say yield their share, yield their share in the Eved, so that the Eved could fully participate in one of the Chaburas. Me. So, <laughs> also remember again, last case in the Mishnah. Someone who's half Eved, half free. This is Eved Kinani, right? Eved Kinani owned by two partners. One of the partners emancipated his Chelik. So, you, have, you literally have an individual who's half free and half Eved. So, what does the Mishnah say? This Eved also can't eat karma pesach. He, so remember again so must we'll say Reuben and Shimon own a slave jointly so Reuben emancipates his chelik. Shimon is holding on to his chelik. Shimon makes kavan pesach so the eved can't eat he can't eat kavan pesach why because again he's half eved because remember again he's half owned half free so must we'll say now watch this is actually quite fascinating right, right so let's see so the gemara says as follows the Gemara says, "Michal Rabba who who de lo yochal, aval Michal asmo yochal." So, what's we'll interesting if the Gemara says he can't eat of the carbon pesach of his master? But if he wants to make his own carbon Pesach, he has the ability to do so. I but it says, the Mishnah says, he can't eat his own Karbim Pesach, he can't eat the Karbim Pesach of his, of his master. Sounds like he can't make his own carbon Pesach. I suppose it is incredible. Lo Kasha, Mishnah Rishon and Mishnah Our Mishnah is talking about the original view of Baisalel. The that we just quoted is referring to the second, or the, the final view of Baisalel. What did Basil say? I it is incredible. This Rechatsya ben Chorin, supposed to say someone who is a half Evet, half Ben Chorin, which is our case. You have an Evet Kinani, owned by two partners. One partner emancipates his Chelik. This individual now is half slave, half free man. So what's Talacha? Over this, Rabbo Yom Mecher ve'Satzmol Yom Mecher different says, "Okay, if you're a Chatsi Evad Chatsi Ben what does that mean?" So I'll "What it means is Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you are an Evad. You work for your master, and on those alternate days, you work for yourself. That, that's that's what it means." So the Gemara says, "Beishamai, Rabbi Shammai says, that's very nice. Amud base, Takantem ve'Srabbo ve'Satzmol lo That's a nice solution for the master." But it's not a good solution for the individual. Why or both said? Because again, this individual, this Chhatti Ben Chorin, is stuck. Why is he stuck? Lisa he can 't marry a slave woman, why? Because half of him is emancipated. Lisa he also can 't marry a free Jewish woman. why Eved because there 's still a half of him, that 's an Eved. so what he should never get married, never have a family. Valolo nivra olam el. The world was only created for the purpose of trying to procreate. Trying, again, I will say a person can't control what happens, but my avod is to try. So therefore, again, this individual, Abose, is going to be condemned to a life of loneliness. It's it's interesting, I will say I want to just point out over here how Chazal are focused on his relationship situation. It doesn't say, what is he going to do about mitzvahs? Right? What it's talking about is you've stunted his ability to just have companionship. Right, you stunted his ability to get married to ha- to ha- to have a life. It's it, it's incredible what Chazal understood to see. Because also remember again, there's plenty of spiritual roadblocks for this individual. Also, oh, what's his status like? Gabi mitzvahs, right? Because remember again, Evid Kanani is only obligated in mitzvahs say shaloh hazman grama, only non-time-bound commandments. Free man is obligated in almost. So what, but no, that's not what it is. The focus over here is what are you going to do out companionship? As companionship, he can't marry a shivcha. He can't marry a regular woman. So the Gemara says, tikun ben will say so. Essentially, what the halacha is, Beis Shamai says we do not allow a situation of chazi av ben chorn to be sustained. Instead, what we do is we force the master to emancipate the remaining chilek. I will say what happens. But I will say what essentially what we do is we make it an IOU. We tell the avid, "Fine, we're going to force the master to free." You to free the remaining part, but you owe him then the loss, so to speak. You owe him the value of that part of the evidence that he just emancipated. And Basila is incredible. So we'll say it's fascinating to see that Bashamai is the more compassionate and empathic view over here, and Basila was not. So Basila ultimately again changes his view and ultimately aligns himself with Bashamai, which is another way. Of, which also says another way of saying that. We don't allow a case of Chatsi Ebed, Chatsi Ben-Khorin to endure. So when the Mishnah said a Chatsi Ebed, Chatsi Ben-Khorin can't eat his Karam Pesach or the Karam Pesach of his master, that's true. When the Bresa says he eats his own Karam Pesach, that's because essentially we forced the master to emancipate him. We don't allow this situation ultimately to endure. And Beis Hilo came around to Beis as well. Beautiful. Mishnah. HaOmer the so we'll just listen to this case. We've already established before that for karban pesach, you can use a sheep or a goat. Either one is fine. So, a person says to his servant, Say, do me a favor, go out and have the karban pesach shachted for me. Right? Go ahead and, and oversee, right? Oh, just have the karban pesach shachted for me. So, what happens? Shachat gadi, yochal, shachat yochal. So, we'll say, so whether the servant chooses a gadi, or so whether he chooses a goat or he chooses a sheep, either one is fine. In other words, the master didn't give him any explicit instructions. So whatever he does is totally fine. Shachat, what happens? G'diva what happens if the Eved shechted both for Karben Pesach? Yo Rishon, whichever one he shechted first, that's going to be Karben Pesach. Fine. Shachat Rabo. lo say. Let's say again, the master was specific. Let's say, for example, he told the Eved, I want a goat. And the evid can't remember what the master tell him. Did he tell me goat? Did he tell me a sheep? So what happened? So so what should he do? He should check both. If my master said a G'di, then the gidi is his, and the Tala is mine. And if my master said a Tala, then, then, then a Tala Shalom, a G'di Shali. He, he, he shechts both with the tnai. right? Whichever one my master wanted, that should be for him, and the other one should be for me. Shachach Rabo, listen to this case. Let's say the master told the Eved, the I want a goat. And what happens? Now, the, the, the master ends up forgetting what everybody forgets in this case, right? The evad forgot, the master forgot. So what happens? So I will say in that case over here, you have to burn both the gedid, right? The goat and the lamb. we we'll so interesting enough, we will discuss this. It doesn't work for the carbons. So we'll say the reason why... The reason why it doesn't work is because you can't have a carbon pesach if you're not sure which animal was shechted for the sake of pesach. So when the master himself doesn't remember what he said, neither animal is fit for consumption of carbon pesach. But yet, interestingly enough, we know one of the animals was a valid carbon pesach. So because of that, interestingly enough, you can't eat it. But yet the master is not obligated in Pesach Sheni, because at the end of the day, he did bring a bona fide Karim Pesach. Interesting. So we'll explore each of these cases. So the Gemara says, Peshitah. So we'll say, so focusing now on the first case, where the master says to the Evid, go out and shack the Karim Pesach for me. But the master doesn't tell the evid what kind of animal. So the Mishnah therefore says, whatever the Evid used, he used the goat, he used the sheep, the Yod say, it's because He wants to. it's obvious. Shachat Gedi Yochal As the gemara says So no, the, here's the Chiddush, that Let's say Let's say this servant Shechted a goat Yochal Afagav Diragil Betala Shachat Tala Yochal Afagav Diragil Bigdi. So the gemara says The Kiddush is like this That even let's say The master normally ate sheep Right, let's say He normally ate sheep But this case The servant went ahead And Shechted a goat Or vice versa It still works our current Pesach So we'll say Even though the normal preference of the master was for a different type of meat, whatever the servant used worked. Since the master was nonspecific in his command, therefore, again, it's up to the discretion of the servant to use whichever type of animal, even though the master normally had a preference. The Gemara says, What happens if the servant shechted both the G'di and the Tala? Ultimately, again, we use the first animal slaughtered. First animal we that's the car basis. I Vatanya aim ninste psachim kehod. But one second, we learned that halokal maisa, you can't go ahead and have two psachim. You can't shart two karbana. So like you're a ship for just a moment. But sh ne psachim keakhod, lechobish illumin. Shigir said, the inbreira. Shia boss say, you can't shart. A sheep and a goat. And see, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to be in the mood for Pesach night. So, therefore, whatever I'm going to be in the mood for, I want to have both. You can't do that. There's one carbon Pesach per customer. So, what, what, what does this mean that he's shechting both? So, also, this is very interesting. The Mishnah is talking about a king and a queen. Also, now, what does this mean? Look at Rashi. A king and a queen are dependent on their servants. And the truth is, for Pesach purposes, the king and the queen, it doesn't matter to them whether it's going to be sheep or whether it's going to be goat. It doesn't make a difference. Because we'll say, remember again, for them, it's just about discharging the, the mitzvah. They have plenty of delicacies. Therefore, in the, for the Gemara says, Hilchach, in Din breira, de tarvaihu arishon. we'll say, breira means when we don't know which one you want, and therefore we have for an unattractive clarification here. For the king and queen, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if it's a goat or if it's a sheep. So therefore, again, all we look at is which one is shechted first. And whichever one is shechted first, that's the carbon Pesach. The so listen to this. Umaisa vatan ya umaisa bamelech umalka she I'm sorry. Batanya inu shne pesachim keachad. Umaisa bamelech umalka shomu labdei. And we'll say first of all, lunch. We'll do another minute. Suv v'shachtu alinu asah So I we'll said there was once a king and a queen who said to their servants, Jewish king and a queen. We said to their servants, go and shecht on our behalf a kavim pesach. Viyatzuv v'shachtu alin shne pesachim, and the servants went and shecht two animals, a goat and a sheep. So they said to the king, which one do you want to use? So the king was a very wise man. Why don't you ask the queen? "Right, Whatever the queen wants, that's good. They came and they asked the queen. The queen said, go and ask Rabbi Gamliel. Whatever Rabbi Gamliel says we should use is what we will use. lahem. So So Rabbi Gamil said like this The king and the queen Interestingly enough They're not makbed for Karben Pesach If it's a goat or if it's a sheep Because again They have delicacies all of the time This is for the purpose of a mitzvah This one thing doesn't matter to them So therefore we say Whichever one was shechted first That's the Karben Pesach However Rabbi Gamil says for us, Rabbi said, however, for us meaning regular people, so we're more particular. But it's actually fascinating. So in this context, the king and the queen are not particular. Regular people are particular. Because regular people are particular, that's when you'd have to rely on the concept of Breira, retroactive clarification, and we don't rely on Breira. Therefore, both in a case where you shechted two animals for carbon Pesach, ultimately, again, neither would work. The Allah you could not partake of either because that would be a case of shechting two animals for, for Pesach consumption, which is Aser. So for the Melech Malko, whichever one they shechted first is good. For regular people, for regular people, both would be invalid for consumption of scrimpies. So we have to stop over here. We'll pick up. And there's more to this. on i tomorrow. We'll pick up here tomorrow. person, uh, if you know the hurl. Uh, thinking one second. It's still recording.